The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the London Visited podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go back to St Paul's for our third and final part and our look at St Paul's Cathedral. Now, in this episode, we'll be looking at the inside of St Paul's Cathedral, plus also some of the tombs and also some of the clocks and bells. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love this podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to www.patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to the third and final part. Internally, St Paul's has a nave and a choir in each of its three bays. The entrance from the west portico is through a square domed narthex, flanked by chapels, the Chapel of St Dunstan to the north and the Chapel of the Order of St Michael and St George to the south. The nave is 91 feet in height and is separated from the aisles by an arcade of piers with attached Corinthian pilasters raised to an entablature. The base and therefore the vault compartments are rectangular, but Wren roofed these spaces with saucer-shaped domes and surrounded the cloistry windows with lunettes. The vaults of the choir are decorated with mosaics by Sir William Blake Richmond. The dome and the apse of the choir are all approached through wide arches with coffered vaults which contrasts with the smooth surface of the domes and punctuate the division between the main spaces. The transepts extend to the north and south of the dome and are called, in this instance, the North Choir and the South Choir. The choir holds the stores for the clergy, cathedral officers and the choir, and the organ. These wooden fittings include the pulpit and the bishop's throne and were designed in Wren's office and built by joiners. The cathedral is 574 feet in length, including the portico of the Great West Door of which 223 feet is the nave and 167 feet is the choir. The width of the nave is 121 feet and across the transepts is 246 feet. The cathedral is slightly shorter but somewhat wider than old St Paul's. The main internal space of the cathedral is that under the central dome, which extends the full width of the nave and aisles. The dome is supported on pendant diffs, rising between eight arches spanning the nave, choir, transepts and aisles. The eight piers that carry them are not evenly spaced. Wren has maintained an appearance of eight equal spans by inserting segmental arches to carry galleries across the ends of the aisles, and has extended the mouldings of the upper arch to appear equal to the wider arches. Above the keystones of the arches at 99 feet above the floor and 112 feet wide runs a cornice which supports the whispering gallery, so called because of its acoustic properties. A whisper or low murmur against its wall at any point is audible to a listener with their ear held to the wall at any other point around the gallery. 
it is reached by 259 steps from the ground level. The dome is raised on a tall drum surrounded by pilasters and pierced with windows in groups of three, separated by eight gilded niches containing statues and repeating the pattern of the peristyle on the exterior. The dome raises above the gilded cornice and 173 feet to a height of 214 feet. Its painted decoration shows eight scenes from the life of St Paul, set in illusionistic architecture, which continues the forms of the eight niches of the drum. At the apex of the dome is an oculus inspired by that of the Pantheon in Rome. Through this hole can be seen the decorated inner surface of the cone, which supports the lantern. This upper space is lit by light wells in the outer dome and openings in the brick cone. The eastern apse extends to the width of the choir and is the full height of the main arches across the choir and nave. It is decorated with mosaics in keeping with the choir vaults. The original high altar was destroyed by a bombing in 1940. The apse was dedicated in 1958 as the American Memorial Chapel. It was paid for entirely by donations from British people. The Roll of Honor contains the names of more than 28,000 Americans who gave their lives while on their way to or stationed in the United Kingdom during the Second World War. It is in front of the chapel's altar. The three windows of the apse date from 1960 and depict themes of service and sacrifice, while the insignia around the edges represent American states and the US armed forces. The linewood panelling incorporates a rocket, a tribute to America's achievements in space. St Paul's at the time of its completion was adorned by sculpture in stone and wood. Other artworks in the cathedral include, in the southern aisle, a copy of a painting by William Holman Hunt, The Light of the World, the original of which hangs in Keeble College, Oxford. The St Paul's version was completed with a significant input from Edward Robert Hughes, as Hunt was now suffering from glaucoma. In the North Choir Isle is a limestone sculpture of the Madonna and Child by Henry Moore, carved in 1943. The crypt contains over 200 memorials and numerous burials. Christopher Wren was the first person to be interred in 1723. On the wall above his tomb in the crypt is written in Latin this. Reader, if you seek this monument, look around you. The largest monument in the cathedral is that to the Duke of Wellington by Alfred Stevens. It stands in the north side of the nave and has on top of it a statue of Wellington astride his horse Copenhagen. Although the equestrian figure was planned at the outset, objections to the notion of having a horse in the church prevented its installation until 1912. The horse and rider are by John Tweed, and the Duke is buried in the crypt. The tomb of Horatio Lord Nelson is located in the crypt, next to that of Wellington. The marble sarcophagus which holds his remains, was made for Cardinal Wolsey, but not used as the Cardinal had fallen from favour. At the eastern end of the crypt is the Chapel of the Order of the British Empire, instigated in 1917 and designed by John Seeley, Lord Mottistone. There are many other memorials commemorating British military, including several lists of servicemen who died in action, most recent being the Gulf War. Also remembered are Florence Nightingale, J.M.W. Turner, Arthur Sullivan, Hubert Perry, Samuel Johnson, Lawrence of Arabia, William Blake and Sir Alexander Fleming, as well as clergy and residents of the local parish. There are lists of the bishops and cathedral deans for the last thousand years. One of the most remarkable sculptures is that of the dean and poet, John Doane. Before his death, Doane posed for his own memorial statue and was depicted by Nicholas Stone as wrapped in a burial shroud and standing on a funeral urn. The sculpture carved around 1630 is the only one to have survived the fire of 1666 intact. The treasury is also in the crypt, but the cathedral has very few treasures 
as many have been lost. And on the 22nd of December 1810, a major robbery took almost all the remaining precious artifacts. The funerals of many notable figures have occurred at the cathedral, including those of Lord Nelson, the Duke of Wellington, Winston Churchill, George Mallory and Margaret Thatcher. The clock was installed in the Southwest Tower by Langley Bradley in 1709, but was worn out by the end of the 19th century. The present mechanism was built in 1893 by Smith of Derby, incorporating a design of escapement by Edmund Denison Beckett, similar to that used by Edward Dent on Big Ben's mechanism in 1895. The clock mechanism is 19 feet long and is the most recent of the clocks introduced to St Paul's over the centuries. Since 1969, the clock has been electronically wound with the equipment designed and installed by Smith of Derby, relieving the clock custodian from the work of cranking up the heavy driveways. The Southwest Tower also contains four bells, of which Great Paul, cast in 1881 at 16 and a half long tons, was the largest bell in the British Isles until the casting of the Olympic bell for the 2012 London Olympics. Although the bell is traditionally sounded at 1pm each day, Great Paul has not been rung for several years because of a broken chiming mechanism. While a design has recently been proposed regarding a new mechanism for ringing Great Paul, apparently no additional progress has been made on the project as of this moment. The clock bells included Great Tom, which was moved from St Stephen's Chapel at the Palace of Westminster. It chimes on the hour and is traditionally told on occasions of a death in the royal family, the Bishop of London or the Lord Mayor of London although an exception was made for the death of the US President James Garfield. It was last told for the death of the Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, in 2002. In 1717, Richard Phelps cast two more bells that were added as quarter jacks that ring on the quarter hour. Still in use today, the first weighs 13 long cubic tons, is 41 inches in diameter and is tuned to A flat. The second weighs 35 long cubic tons, and is 58 inches in diameter and is tuned to E-flat. The Northwest Towers contains a ring of 12 bells by John Taylor & Co of Loughborough, hung for change ringing. In January 2018, the bells were removed for refurbishment and were rehung in September that year, being rung again for the first time on All Saints Day. The original service or communion bell, dated from 1700, known as the Banger, is rung before 8am services. In 2010, new touchscreen multimedia guides were launched. These guides included the price admission. Visitors can discover the cathedral's history, architecture and daily life of a busy working church with these new multimedia guides. They're available in 12 different languages, English, French, German, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, Polish, Russian, Mandarin, Japanese, Korean and British Sign Language. The guides have fly-through videos of the domed galleries and zoomable close-ups of the ceiling mosaics, painting and photography. Interviews and commentary from experts include the Dean of St Paul's, conservation team and the Director of Music. Archive film footage includes major services and events from the cathedral's history. St Paul's charges for the admission of those who are sightseers rather than worshippers. The charge is £20, £17 when purchased online. Outside service times, people seeking a quiet place to pray or worship are admitted to St Dunstan's Chapel free of charge. On Sundays, people are admitted only for services and concerts and there is no sightseeing. The charge to sightseers is made because St Paul's receives little, regular or significant funding from the Crown, the Church of England or the state and relies on the income generated by tourism to allow the building to continue to function as a centre for Christian worship, as well as to cover general maintenance and repair work. St Paul's Cathedral has been depicted many times in paintings, prints and drawings 
Among the well-known artists who have painted are Canaletto, Turner, Signac, Durain, and Lloyd Rees. St Paul's Cathedral has been the subject of many photographs, most notably the iconic image of the dome surrounded by smoke during the Blitz. It has also been used in films and TV programs, including the iconic, famous Thames television ident, which was used up until the 90s. Either as a focus of the film, as in the episode of Climbing Great Buildings as a feature of the film, as in Mary Poppins, or as an incidental location such as Wren's Geometric Staircase and the Southwest Tower, which has appeared in several films, including Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. So, I hope you've enjoyed our third and final look at St Paul's Cathedral, and that's given you a real big overview of one of London's most iconic buildings. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any other places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, www.londonvisited.co.uk, or through our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening, and really hope you've enjoyed our podcast, and we look forward to seeing you soon on the next one. Bye! Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.